Hey, if you are tuning into the Friendly Rant podcast today, just a, a little bit of disclosure. This is not your average podcast here at the Friendly Rant. We, we pride ourselves on um, learning and living and, and, and worshiping and ultimately, you know, loving the Lord and everything that we do. And so we're going to be doing that today through a fun conversation I'm having with my buddy on conspiracy theories. So um, we'd love for you to listen. Just kind of fun episode to kick back. Not like your typical episode. Um, we are rocking tinfoil hats <laughs> in, in comedic fashion. So, um, yeah, please enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to the Friendly Rant Podcast. My name is Seth Friend, here with one of my good friends, one of my best friends, Heath McGill. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Seth? Dude, I like your hat. I love my hat. What's, what's on your hat, man? <laughs> my hat is full of tinfoil right now. I think my tinfoil hat is better than yours currently. Oh, well, I mean... I don't know anything about the effectiveness of it. I just know that... I went for the classic point. You know? Yeah, the point. <laughs> you, <what does> it. <laughs> you molded yours around a baseball hat. Well, at first I was thinking I'll do it kind of like yours, but then I was like, you know, I never don't wear a baseball cap. Do you know why so. this the tinfoil hat is actually... Why people actually use the tinfoil hats? To block out radio signals? Yes, but there's a belief that the government has technology called sound-to-mind technology that they can, this is what we're getting deep already, that they can basically send uh, radio waves into your mind without you knowing. And then this is why you see people wearing the tinfoil hat, because they believe the metal will block out the, the, the radio waves. Yeah. I don't know the effectiveness of it, though. I feel like I'm thinking clearer, though. Oh, yeah, for I'm sure. I'm on another level. <laughs> I feel um, like I'm already knowing the difference between truth and non-truth. I've, I've been lied to. Do you remember so. when woke actually didn't mean that you were into uh, wokeism on the left in terms of, like, critical race theory and all that, but woke meant that you were awake to conspiracy theories? Yes. Yeah. I, I, know, I, I remember the that nuance. I, yeah, I, I, I was, was that, that woke now. I was that woke for the longest time. Now I am. Now I, if I say I'm woke, people are going to assume the worst. Right. So I'm woke, but I'm still asleep in some regard, I you're, guess. You're, you're, you're an old woke. I'm, <laughs> I woke up a long time ago. You're not a neo-woke. I'm neo, there's neo-woke <laughs> old school woke. Okay. So, um, so, yeah, man, I remember the first time you and I had conversations about, um, about conspiracy theories was i would call you in the car and we would talk um about i i would genuinely call you and actually make up i remember one time in north carolina it was right when covid hit <laughs> and i i was riding in the car with a buddy of mine i said watch this i'm gonna make my friend heath mad <laughs> and i said i called you and i said did you hear that kim jong-un released covid into america's payback for for trump or something like that and you were like Seth, that's totally not true i know and you immediately started <laughs> arguing with me so what i wanted to do today is i wanted you to bring forth your you, would you consider yourself a a skeptic what what like are we even discussing conspiracies or is this just kind of like crypto knowledge yeah i mean i kind of want to go back to just how our relationship around conspiracies uh goes down in my mind from the beginning oh lord a, a lot of it was just i feel like you you bounce something off me because you know that i'm I'm going to try to bring you back to the sane world and you know that i just will love to argue there's so many people that will test that it's like Heath will argue if he's wrong but yeah. then you'll think he's right it is the most annoying wrong. thing <laughs> i've totally been right on so many arguments and the fact you'll be like you'll take it to like 
steps one, two, three, and four, and then you'll recognize step four is wrong. So you won't just go to three. You'll go back to two, and then you'll argue two and never touch four again. And right. that's when, when I realized that you I realized reg- my misstep. When you've regressed an <laughs> argument, I'm like, that's when I finally, when I finally right. got you. So yeah, I would definitely run, run conspiracies by you. Yeah. But I think my love for... It's not even that I like genuinely believe conspiracy theories. It's almost like how somebody reading a science fiction novel, it's like, I want to believe. I've joked around, I want to get a tattoo that has a UFO that says, I want to believe. Oh, and yeah, I don't even believe in UFOs or like alien objects at all. Of you course. Know? I mean, you, you, you've definitely uh, brought up a lot of topics that could be true, but like you, you've also, you would love the ones that seem absurd Do you, yeah. to also be true. Absolutely. So. <laughs> like, as a kid, I remember my dad and I, when I would go visit him, we would, we would get around the TV or like the, when YouTube back in the day was like mm. not for vloggers, like YouTube mm. was for like crackpot conspiracy theories and like mm. total like ghost videos. And then it was a cat playing a keyboard. Like that's all YouTube was. And what we would watch was, uh, Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, aliens, ghosts. And that's like what we would bond over. We'd be like, look at this. Like, look what we found. And I remember the one I wanted to believe so bad as a kid was the Loch Ness Monster. Like, Mm. that was, I believed that for sure. Like, I remember being a kid being like, no, without a doubt, there is a giant dinosaur living in the lock. And then when they. Yeah, the comet missed one. (laughs) Like, that's what we all. Yeah, right? Like, like, here's the thing is like. You know, there was actually a hardcore belief that the Megalodon still existed. Right. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, if the Megalodon's out there, sure, like this prehistoric beast. Yeah, it could have made it too. Well, have you ever, so what they believed was that during the Ice Age was that when the lock actually was connected to the ocean, then right. what happened was, was that when the water receded, mm-hmm. a, a group of them got trapped in there. Right. But what bummed me out was that when they busted, they found out that... uh that famous picture of the lock was actually just like a little floaty. <laughs> they yeah. carved it. And I was like, Oh man. So, so from its inception, it was a lie. Right. And like total lie. And that, that's what I mean by conspiracy. Like mm-hmm. I'm not talking about like the government's always hiding something from us or they're not wanting us to believe something, but that people are getting together, whether it be, you know, the biggest one that there's tons of hoax, like every year, mm-hmm. Bigfoot, people are conspiring to become famous. That's what I mean by conspiracy. Theories. Right. But you dropped a conspiracy on me that actually has piqued my interest. Right. The, right. Tell, the, 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 fear, the feral people in the national park. The feral people of the national parks. Um, and and I, do, I do think that at least for this podcast uh, and the things that we discussed, what we might want to talk about, we kind of wanted to at least ground it in some kind of reality. Like this is not yeah. just, uh, I think th- there was a, <laughs> there was a conspiracy that you really love to joke with me about, about the, powers of the world being lizard people <laughs> like we both knew that was absurd like yes. it's just totally not but true do we? but do we no, just but, <laughs> but the this one especially for me i was like i at least want to figure out why this is that this is not an old topic but it's definitely in uh our forefront more than it used to be it's in because like, of things like TikTok and social media. They've kind of yeah. brought it out. Been like these kids don't know stories. how hard it was to go and find true conspiracies right, on YouTube. Right. This is popping up on their TikTok. I know, which, which is jacked up because now on YouTube you have to dig to find. You have to dig past yeah. the algorithm. I have to <laughs> right. type something in, and then I have to go into the little like three lines at the top, mm-hmm. and then click search by, and then like by yeah. view count because it's, if, it's, if it's by relevance, everything shadow banned when it comes to conspiracies because it's conspiracies. And I know that mm-hmm. the under, that people are trying to get rid of misinformation, but it's you know 
if, if anybody is actually still listening at this point, um, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> when you were a kid and you would sit around a campfire and tell ghost stories. Right. This is fun. And I think that talking about these things, you know, will probably the last serious moment in the podcast real quick. I think that these moments are fun because I think we can take life, you know, life is very serious. But I think we can take ourselves too seriously. I think it's fun to sit around and to imagine, like, what if? And I think we did that as kids so much. And I always go back to C.S. Lewis's quote, which is, one day you will be old enough to start reading fiction again. And, you know, conspiracy theories is the great what if. I mean, it's science fiction is written on these things. Like, you right. know, I mean, there's a reason why the History Channel doesn't play history anymore. <laughs> and it plays Correct. ancient aliens and finding Bigfoot. Right. Which, by the way, do you know that they now believe that since they can't find Bigfoot, they now he believe. I can't even say it without laughing. They believe he is an interdimensional uh, alien. That I've not heard that one That yet. Bigfoot is an alien. So and we're stretching it real far there. Right. Like at what point are you like? We don't know. Like he's not real. Sorry. We've tried. Right. We've sent countless crews into the woods. You know, and we can't find anything. But Canada. Well, don't say can't find anything well, yet. Well, Canada has Bigfoot, <laughs> and you can go check this. Bigfoot is an endangered species in Canada and is protected by Correct. the Canadian Parliament. So maybe yeah. they know something we don't. Maybe. So tell me about these feral people. So I definitely want to get into it uh, first and foremost by letting the audience know <laughs> that we I did look for like the actual origins like I didn't yeah. just start at nothing I didn't start mm-hmm. with an assumption of there are feral people out there right. I actually just wanted to know and I don't think I came to a conclusion necessarily but I also found out other stuff that freaked me out so it's just like go for it it's it just it uncovered more problems than I thought I was going to uncover yeah that's usually what happens with these right there's no answer <laughs> right <laughs> correct so the the first thing you're going to find when you start looking this up is you're just going to find people who are commenting on the nation's attention on the subject. Yeah. So they're going to be like, this started on social media, mm-hmm. has no bearings in actual reality. And then the weirdest thing, they'll, they'll cite the deaths that we do know in the mm-hmm. park. They'll say there are no deaths to feral people in the park but there because are there are people. drownings and heart disease, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get to why that doesn't make sense later. What do you mean by, like, they'll say, like... Because there is no certified, like, right. in the governmental records, yeah. people have died from feral people. <laughs> right. That's exactly what they say. They say okay. there's 2,700 deaths in the national parks, and these are the reasons why. Drownings, it's like, well, yeah, fallings. you found a body, and you found yeah. out why they died. And, like, of course you know why that person died. Sure, yeah. Right. But so, what about the missing people in the, fa- in the, the parks? The missing people is where it gets interesting, and that's kind of where it starts. So the story that I found is we actually have, I think it was 19... 59? No, 69. So okay. the myth starts in 1969 okay. with a boy named Dennis Martin. I thought it was, was it 1969? 1969. I thought it was 1949. Okay. No, no, no. 1969 earlier. with Dennis Lloyd Martin. Yeah, the little boy. Who's a little boy. He's six years old. They're playing, him and his family are playing hide and seek in the park. Mm-hmm. And he never is found. Dun, dun, dun. And, and, and the thing is, it started because about an hour after the only. There was no evidence. They found a shoe. They don't know if it's his. They found a sock. They don't know if it's his. They found feet prints. They don't know if it's his. But there was an eyewitness account that something hominid-looking could have been a bear. Hominid don't know, but like it's like walking there's a man, feet. furry yeah. man, running through the woods with boy over his shoulder. Furry man. Right. So that's the only thing well, that if happens. If they said the boy was over his shoulder, I don't that's, think bears carry. No, they don't. Okay. But I mean, also, this is one eyewitness out of a bunch. It's but 
he's never found. You see, and this is where I was like, okay, this is a bunch of hillbillies in the Appalachian Mountains. But keep going with the story because this is where I actually kind of got concerned. Right. So, yeah, and and I thought that's where we were going to go. I thought we were going to go. Of course, there's people in the National Park, and they're they just hillbillies. Missing, they're cannibals. Yeah. They're nuts. Um, and I think that's not really the bigger problem that you find. You yeah. find that there are. But what happened um, when when he when he when he went missing? What, what like the federal government descended upon the park, right? They did send uh, federal employees, green, green berets. Like, right, you you and, had a massive investigation. This which, wasn't just a yeah. couple of park rangers looking out with a flashlight at night. This what was I an investigation. Sh- what was shocked for me weeks. though is that. When I was reading the newspaper articles on this story of Dennis Lloyd, is that was Dennis Leary? Dennis Lloyd Martin. Dennis, Dennis kid, Lloyd yeah. Martin. And you can look this up, is that Green Berets and spec ops, people from the government, showed up armed. To look for this kid armed. in the National Park. And they were not working with the local authorities. Right. And they, they went off their own by thing. themselves. They, t- they took the investigation on themselves, correct. Yeah. That's where you go, okay, mm-hmm. hold up. Wait a minute. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Why were you armed if this is a manhunt or if this is a search and rescue? Yeah. Send a couple of hunters out there. Yeah. If it's a bear, just shoot the bear. So keep going. Right. Yeah. So you find now, but this is where it's strange. Like there's only one or two of those cases. Yeah. There's only one or two of those cases that it's like, this is the story that happened. Um, and, and it's a, it's a cool story, but if if you're any kind of if you want hard evidence there is none you yeah. still don't know if there's feral people out there well how many acres big is Ap- the appalachian mountains like the oh, park hundreds of thousands of acres yeah hundreds Think of about thousands the appalachian of acres. trails from georgia to maine right and um, you know i think we don't recognize how big the national parks are especially from eastern tennessee to western mm-hmm. carolina like the pisgah mountains all the way to the smoky mountains mm mm-hmm. mhm there's enough room, if you think about it, for somebody to go out in the woods and to just live off the grid for the rest of their life and, you know, never pay taxes again and just hide out. Right. And I think... And it's, those it's are the no airspace either. Right. So those are the things that are completely conceivable. It is completely conceivable to say that people that are educated enough and trained enough can totally decide to say peace out to on-grid living yeah. and go off-grid. And what's wild is that the locals in the area are the ones that actually believe. Now, I don't know if that's just local lore or Mm -hmm. like, are these people actually seeing stuff? And this is where I get frustrated, which is I'm like, hey, all of us have these cameras in our pocket that are Mm -hmm. so good. How come we've never caught anything of substance on camera? Right. As far as fair people go, you're correct. Well, like even like with Bigfoot, like they catch like... Oh, it's a glimpse, and it's just like you a know, blurry glimpse with an awful yeah, picture. But it's just like, yeah. why are you, why are you recording with a brick? Like you have mm-hmm. an iPhone, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I always get frustrated with. But when I thought back of these about these feral people, I said, I was like, okay, it is totally possible. And now I don't want to go to the national parks. <laughs> well, th- this is kind of where it gets scary to me okay. because upon my research of feral people, you find almost nothing. But you are left with another void that's way scarier. So earlier I said there's like 2,700 deaths in the national parks. You dig past the the, the Dennis Lloyd Martin Mm -hmm. case, and you find out that there's a man, I don't know if you've heard of him, David, I hope I'm saying his last name here right, David Pilates, not really sure how to pronounce his last name. Um, He was searching into this, 
Let me just let me just tell you a little bit about David Pilatus. Tell me about him. So David David Pilatus, uh, he's an American author, cryptozoologist, which just means a, a he's likes conspiracy theories. He he's a cryptid. <laughs> yeah. It means he's looking for Bigfoot. Okay, that that's his title now. I want that to be my title. Right, right. That's his title now. He he's a Seth he looks friend, for Bigfoot. pastor and cryptozoologist looks for, <laughs> looks for Bigfoot. <laughs> right. So, but this is a man who he spent, he went and got his undergraduate and his graduate from the University of San Francisco. Okay. And he always wanted to be a police officer. So he enters the police force. In 1980, becomes the police. Uh, in 1977, he became a police, uh, a police officer of the San Francisco Bay. Three years later, he went to Jose Police, Depart- uh, Jose police Department, uh, where he spent 20 years on the force. Okay. Okay, after 20 years, he receives a job in the technology sector, and he, he, got, he earned a bunch of money for years. Uh, but when he retired from technology... Here, turn the mic a little bit to your face, sorry. Sorry. So when he retired from technology, um, he got an unusual offer, because okay. since he had been the police force, and he, over those 20 years, he became sort of a detective... Um, and you talk about an educated man, educated man over forty. He gets approached to go look for Bigfoot. It's not his idea. So somebody hires him. He got hired to mm-hmm. really look into it. And you're talking about the most scientific study for Bigfoot. Sure. You're talking about blood work, trying to figure out different types of evidence, like really going into it. And there's a list of doctors he hired. I can't go through all of them because I don't really know who they are. Sure. But it wasn't just himself. It was, wasn't just – he got funded by yeah. somebody who's interested to go look for Bigfoot. And upon his findings, he started noting that the Bigfoot really doesn't go anywhere because, again, like I, I don't even really believe Bigfoot's real. Right. But he starts to uncover a, a way bigger problem with the national parks. Like 600,000 people go missing in the United States a year. 600,000? 600,000. You can go look it up. National Administration of Missing Persons. Not 600, not 6,000. Over half a million people. 600,000 people go missing in the U.S. every year. I'm Googling it while you're on, while you're talking. (laughs) All you have to look up is you have to look up the NAMUS. How many people go missing in national parks? No, no, no. Not national parks. That's how many people go missing every year. Okay. It, okay. In all of the U.S. In all of the U.S., how many people go missing every year? Okay. Okay. Six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand people. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's many a half- agencies considered them cold cases. So that's where that it's, is not. That's where it's get weird. You get the cold cases, oh. and on his study, there's sixteen hundred thousand that like, I mean not sixteen hundred thousand. There's sixteen hundred that he believes are just like they vanished. No evidence. Nobody. It's a real person who seems to just... Gone. Okay. This is where it gets weird, because it's okay, like... Okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Since 2017. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, just... I'm just looking at the first two. They're... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. But it's in 2017... 290 people went missing in the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And 233 people went missing in Yosemite. Yeah. Okay. So 
Now, now I want to I want to clarify of these six hundred thousand that we're talking about. These numbers we're talking about, yeah. like eighty four to ninety two percent, like they're found, deceased or alive. But but like there's a body, like we 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 found them. Yeah. But that other eight percent to sixteen percent, sure. Where'd they go? <laughs> yeah. And we don't know. Here's the other thing. He had to keep up with that on his own. That's mm. his own research he's doing. There is no national database for the cold cases. Wow. The parks don't keep up with any database for missing persons. They don't have any database for missing no, persons. Not, not for just missing persons who, like, we don't know what happened to them. Ugh. Like, if it's a missing person as in, like, I saw this, like, we found this person. Sure. Sure, but... And we're not saying that these are feral people. <laughs> no, I'm not saying they're feral people. I'm not but, saying that they got attacked by feral so people. I, so there's a guy on YouTube by the name of South Force 10 who, for some reason, all of his videos is him walking through a field like with the camera pointing mm-hmm. around and you never see his face. But he gives a lot of in-depth history as to the local lore as to these feral people. And what, some of the most compelling um, arguments I've heard for what or who these people are one of them was they were um, Native Americans that might have peeled off from the Trail of Tears, which I find interesting. But then the other one that I find the most compelling is that these are just people that did not want to, as um, as America went westward, these were the people that just went and stayed up in the mountains. And as the national parks were built and were created, they did not, they didn't leave, right? Like as the national parks were, were made, they had to buy the land from some people, you know? So some people might've stayed and they went and stayed up in the, in the mountains. And what this South mm-hmm. Forest 10 guy suggests is that the local lore is that if you ever have like a chicken or a cow or something go missing mm-hmm. for no reason, you know, maybe it was an animal, but animals usually leave a trace. They usually leave blood trail. You mm-hmm. know, there's usually some sort of struggle, right? You know, it's kind of like the boogeyman, but they say, well, you know, it's probably some feral people mm-hmm. who are hungry and they jacked the chicken, you know, and they, or they took a cow and sometimes they get really hungry and they right just deal Dennis Lloyd Martin, you know, like, right. you know, and like, that's where I sit there and you drop these numbers on me and I go, okay, the fact that mm-hmm. our government, uh, we have the, literally the fact alone, it's not even a conspiracy that 600,000 people go missing in the U S yeah. And of those 600,000, there's somewhere between 16 Imagine to 8% cared, that we don't know what happens. This might to be them. a hot, this might be a touchy, it's a touchy statement here, mm-hmm. but imagine if we cared about these 600,000 people as much as we did about people that went through COVID. Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Yeah. These are people that are going missing. Yeah. So some of them are murdered. Some of them are just, you know, you lose your kid at Walmart and you find him in the clothes section. Right. Like there's, there's differences. Okay. So you, wait a minute. So you're saying out of all the people that go missing, some of them get resolved. Yeah. Most of, most of them get resolved, but like, we're not, we're also not talking about, what did you say? What percentage? Somewhere between 16 and 8% are become what we call cold cases. Like I gotta do the math. I'm terrible. (laughs) So 608%. I would go with the lower number. Yeah. What would you say? Be, I'd say 8%. E- even if it was 1% of 600,000 people. Yeah. Even if it's just 1%, that's that's six grand. <laughs> 6,000 sure. people that become cold cases. Hmm. And that's nuts. <laughs> of those 6,000, and this is what I was saying, David Polides, fa- he through his own private research, thinks that there's 1,600, there's 1,600 cold cases Directly linked to the na- the national parks. Wow! So Every we're year talking just, since 2017. Since 1600 2017, 1600 people 
that have just gone missing vanished and like that's kind of what i'm saying because it's not that hard to actually find most people sure because there's evidence yeah. even if they're dead even if they're dead there's evidence yeah nothing nothing <laughs> nothing <laughs> this is the dennis martin case mm. because it's they found a shoe a shoe yeah and they don't even know if it's his no steps no, nothing. <laughs> I think they found a pair of pants or something like that, too. I think they found a sock. sock. I think they found a sock and a shoe. So what do you think? What do I think? Do you think that there are... there? Okay, so... I there, think there's a very there good possibility... that live in the in the mountains that are off the grid. Yeah. That are not taxed by the government that just said, I'm over it, and they went, and they so lived out in the woods. I found out a piece of information about a thing called in-holding. If you lived there and had the land before the national parks were created, they can't actually make you move. Oh, they could offer you, but you can live there. So there, okay. So there are people who have lived in the Smoky Mountain National Parks since their conception. Correct. And, and they well, not we're not saying this happens at every national park. Specifically, the lore of no, no, that's the law for every national. No, park. No, no, though. no. What I'm saying, the lore of feral people is that it is in the Smoky Mountains. Oh yeah, yeah, Appalachia. definitely, definitely. Well, that's just where a lot of. Yeah, a lot of people, it goes up through West Virginia. Yeah, a lot of West Virginia, that's where the coal miners are. You know, not that coal miners are feral people, but, like, you know, that's it's the more backwoods, not to say in an insulting way, hillbilly-esque mm-hmm. type people. That's where they go. Right. Correct. So do you think that there are, I mean, there are people. Do you think that they're feral people? I don't know. Are you convinced? I, I, I'm not convinced there's feral people. I, I am convinced that I don't know why people go vanishing without evidence. Well, like, I mean, and okay, that'll so... Make me be very careful. Well, let's talk about it. So like, you know, okay. So black bears, mm-hmm. that's let's, let's think about it. Black bears could be an issue. Okay. So black bears could attack and kill. We don't have wolves, coyotes. Maybe we do have mountain lions. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but whenever I see these animals make attacks or whatever, there's, it's not clean. Well, uh, you know what you I'm saying? You also have to understand that if someone goes missing and there's a green beret investigation that goes down, sure. You can find a a mountain lion. They have dens. You can find a bear. They have dens. Yeah, you would find the dens. You find find the bones. You have trails. Like there's there's evidence. When you say there's nothing, Mm. that's what's crazy. (laughs) And that's where it's like it takes a higher form of knowledge to pull something like that off. Yeah, or something just super super unfortunate. Well, now I I don't know if I want to go camping ever again. I don't, not there. <laughs> not there. I go camping in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think I about it, or it's like, do I want to go camping at Paris Mountain in the upstate? Yeah. I don't even know if I want to go there. Well, like, in high school, I wanted to, to hike the, Ap- the, the Appalachian Trail. I do, I, There's I, no well, way in the world. With the kid, I can't do it now, but I did too. I talked to Connor about it. I'd go with a group of like 20 and I hope I don't get singled out if we do get attacked. Well, that's the thing is that if you watch those videos, people go hiking and they run into bears on the trail all the time. Yeah. And I'm fine with running into a bear because like, I mean, even, even black yeah. bears are... They're the most timid bear. The eastern black well, bear. Yes, are the like eastern. The, I was gonna say the western black bear. They are the man thing. killers. They're yeah. not the same animal. <laughs> There's just so much that. So what I find interesting is that you can request FOIA, the Freedom of Information Act. You mm-hmm. can request information from the government, but the issue is, is that you have to know what you're asking for. Well, yeah, and not to mention, if there is no record, they don't have information to give you. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when you go asking how many how many cold cases are there, and they go, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, that's a frustrating answer. Mm. And then you say, "Well, hey, can I fly my drone over and look?" Around? No, no, because yeah, that's the other <laughs> no, weird thing can't. is that the, the the Smoky Mountains is a um, 
the helicopters aren't allowed to fly over the mm-hmm. over there um because one of the things that that south force 10 guy was talking about was like okay if there were helicopters you know mm-hmm. why don't you just fly over and find them well these people would hear helicopters coming and they would definitely hide and if the government knows that there's these people living out here, why would they go send a helicopter to look for them if they already know they're out there? Mm-hmm. The issue then becomes that if the government knows that they're out there and these are jacking people, mm-hmm. why don't they just go wipe them out? Which is where I go back to, I think they did with the Green Berets with Dennis mm-hmm. Lloyd Martin. Well, here, here's the other thing. This is conjecture, so, by the way. I have no basis for this, so but it's plausible. To, to go off of the feral people and kind of segue into some other stuff that I know we wanted to get into. Sure. The the other option that people believe, they go, well, there's not feral people out there. It's just the government has their own bases. Um, in, the, a, in the national parks? In the national parks. Ooh. There's conspiracies out there that go, you know, those people that go missing, they're actually just human experiments for government. Yeah, that they get <laughs> taken. places <laughs> that we don't keep records of, which I'm not saying this is true. However, but, I mean, like, okay. There's got to be... Uh, the, the the facts of the case are this. There's 1,600 people that we don't know where they are. Well, the facts... Of, and well, they went missing in the National Park. Well, here's another fact, is that we know for a fact that, and I'm not making a comparison to Nazi Germany, to our country by any means, but we do know that governments in the past have done that. Oh, a thousand percent. Nazi Germany, primarily, uh, the doctor for the Holocaust would do these types of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is what I believe causes a lot of fear to us, not as us meaning like conspiracy theorists, but mm-hmm. like why you sit there and you say that. And some people might just write it off and be like, whatever, you know, <laughs> you're a moron. Well, it's just like, am I like, because it's happened in other governments. So why would I trust my government enough? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, th- these aren't even just some of these claims that, uh, people that enjoy conspiracy theories make, yeah. uh, if, if you're not, read up on it or you don't know it sounds like that's crazy mm-hmm. but then you look at them and you're like yeah but some of this stuff is just factual yeah like it just happened like, like it's a, a it's a fact that nazis did, did human experiments humans. like it's it's, a it's in the holocaust museum <laughs> right it, it's literally there like it, you, the holocaust is, is a bad thing yeah but it is it is definitely humans trying to advance humankind yeah, and the human species Hitler through experimentation obsessed. of humans. Hitler That's what was, it was obsessed with that. He was obsessed with the occult. He was obsessed, mm-hmm. and this is all things that you can read um, that are that that is easily available. The SS, um, Hitler's secret police, man, they were obsessed with the occult. And in fact, it wasn't until they started practicing occult things like ceremonies and they would do, they would take psychedelics. They would do all of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't until they started doing that, that the final solution took place. Right. That the, it wasn't until they started practicing these occult things that then they decided right. to start taking out the and, news. And I mean, I can, I can hear the objections in my head to what Absolutely. we're saying just because, they're like, oh, well, it was a race thing. Yeah, it yeah. was a race thing, but that's Whoopi because... Goldberg doesn't think so, by the way. <laughs> I know. But it's a race thing because Hitler thought the genetics were impure. of one race yeah. were the, the, the perfect genetics. Yeah. It was a genetic argument. Absolutely. And not only that, it was they were trying to see the tests that they were doing were so horrific but we're totally based on race. Like mm-hmm. I remember they would, they would measure uh, body parts of Jews and they mm-hmm. would measure body parts of other people that they were doing these experiments on to try and understand, you know, 
why right. which race was superior you know mm-hmm. and it is totally a selfish human endeavor mm-hmm. which makes me sit there and say our government is not is no different, is no different. <laughs> <laughs> and and not to mention our government and like almost everyone who loves conspiracy conspiracy theories knows this now about the paperclip project operation paperclip right but but our, but our government looked at at the horrors of the holocaust and the horrors of yeah. nazi germany and said we're cool with this if you can get us to the moon operation paperclip <laughs> operation paperclip for the listener you can google it after the war america brought over 1600 1600 Nazi scientists and started a little known government organization called NASA. NASA. <laughs> and through that, we were able to um, make it to the moon. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe the moon landing was real. You had Nazi rocket scientists. Yeah. Like Nazis. So let's, let's go down this path. So Nazis inspired science fiction, the mm-hmm. whole genre. They invented intercontinental ballistic missiles Mm -hmm. they invented jet fighters Mm -hmm. they invented um guns like big bertha Mm -hmm. they were vastly technologically advanced and what's interesting to me is their technological advancement and the higher ups of these scientists Mm -hmm. and the ss and all of these generals were obsessed with the occult Mm -hmm. this is where i sit there and i go Okay, let me look at this through a Christian worldview. These are people who are practicing pagan. When I say pagan, I'm not being insulting. Pagan means of the country, okay, and it's a root word. So these are people that are practicing pagan-style religion of occult worship of these ancient deities, and they're doing the very things that the ancient Egyptians would practice, that the Assyrians would do. And it wasn't until they started doing these things as the Nazi Socialist mm-hmm. Party, the fascists, that they started to see these advancements and mm-hmm. that they started to d- just kind of go crazy in a sense where we start to see this fanatic- fanaticism. Is that a word? They sure. became fanatical. <laughs> and so that's what now. shocks me as I sit there and I say, as a Christian, what in the world were these people messing with? Because mm-hmm. as a Christian, I sit there and I look at the Bible and Paul says, you know, don't, you know, being offered to idols is whatever, because these, these idols aren't real. But mm-hmm. he also says that we don't wage a war against flesh and blood, but we wage war against, you know, principalities and spiritual darkness and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's this dichotomy of these other gods, they have no power because in comparison to following Christ, we have the power, mm-hmm. but secondarily, there are things that we wage war against mm-hmm. that there is spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about that. So my belief is, is that I genuinely think that the Nazis especially the higher ups and the Nazis mm-hmm. were so obsessed with the occult practices of, of the ancient way that it led them down a path of murder of all of the things that they were dealing with. Okay. Right. So, and all that placed on, on top of the sociological pressure yeah. to say, Hey, we just got blamed for the world war biggest one. war in world history. Yeah. Let's, let's prove the world wrong and show them how mighty we are. Mm-hmm. You get a person like Hitler who is obsessed with power yeah. and genetics. Charismatic speaker. Charismatic speaker loves trying to make mass weapons of war. He was an artist. Like yeah. he was very an eclectic dude. Mm-hmm. He's very interesting. Yeah, he's a terrible guy. Terrible guy. <laughs> very interesting. Vegetarian. Yeah. You know, not that that makes mm-hmm. him evil, but vegetarian, you know, that like right. still alive, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, there's a whole TV show. The, the hunting Hitler is on history channel mm-hmm. that blew me away. So we wanted to talk about this. 
there's a belief that, well, it's not even a belief. Let's not even talk about Hitler yet. When the war ended, many, there's a book called Killing the SS by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Dugard. And they, I might have butchered that last name. They have documented that many of the SS, the secret police, escaped Germany and went and lived in South America. Mm-hmm. It follows them capturing and putting these people on trial. It's a fascinating book, completely factual, no conspiracies. Okay. There's a belief that Hitler also escaped Germany because we never found his body. The Russians said that they captured his body after he had committed suicide with his wife. Eva. Eva, what was her last name? Braun. Eva Braun, look at you. And that they captured his body, that they burned it. But we've never seen it. Mm -hmm. When you go to South America in this TV show, Hunting for Hitler, there are German towns in South American cities or that doesn't make sense in South American countries where there are literally Nazi camps in South America. And we know, was it the Zimmerman telegram that we intercepted the Nazis trying to work with Mexico to invade us from the South border? Do you remember that? I don't remember that. So we intercepted, we, we dissected a, um, or excuse me, decrypted a secret message to Mexico from Nazi Germany. You can Google it to fact check me if you want. Um, and they were going to try and invade from the South border to stop us because we were wrecking havoc in Europe. And so in this, they proved that there were Nazis that escaped. Now Mm -hmm. there's two locations. Hitler was obsessed with Antarctica. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Hitler was obsessed with Antarctica and there is something that you can look it up. It's called operation high jump 1946 America sends 4,000 Navy Mm -hmm. troops to Antarctica. What, what, she, what year was this? 1946, I believe. Yeah, right. So, because the treaty is not signed until like, what, like 1951, yeah. 61? Which treaty? The Antarctic the Treaty? Antarctic treaty? Yeah. I think it's 1951. I'm not so, sure about that. Admiral Byrd was leading this fleet of 4,000 troops to, South, or to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. They go down there, and they said it was to build bases. They said it was to practice... Um, you know, science, low, science, right. low climate training, yeah, all of these things. But what happens is, is out of nowhere, after they're there for about a couple of weeks, maybe a month, they pull out and everybody leaves. Mm-hmm. And what is interesting is that Admiral Byrd then gives a report where he says that while they were down there, they were attacked by flying saucers. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is a guy that is an admiral in the Navy. Yeah. He tells him this. They throw him in an insane asylum. There were three KGB agents that were had infiltrated the Navy that wrote a same report back to the Kremlin. Right. These are multiple sources. Okay. Now track with me. What did we say the Nazis were famous for? Inventing all these crazy things. Did you know, Heath McGill, that there are actual blueprints that the Nazi scientists had written to make up flying saucers? Oh, yeah. Flying sure. discraft. Like, and again, these are things that... People hear this and they're like, these guys are nuts. Right. But these are just true. These are true. Now, <laughs> what we're saying is, is that I'm not saying that these are connected, but I am saying that it's plausible. Now, listen, this is where it gets fishy for me. Mm-hmm. You know, when the UFO. Okay. So here we go. Operation high jump. Uh-huh. Who did I say invented the flying saucers? This is Germany. Okay. Correct. Operation paperclip. Where yeah. did we get 1600 scientists from? Oh, we got them from Nazi, Nazi Germany. Germany. <laughs> when did the UFO craze in America take place? 1949. Well, let me blow your mind even further than okay. this, because this is where I thought this was just weird. I just stumbled yeah. upon this. So I, I was reading over the actual oh, treaty. Sorry, real quick. I don't yeah, interrupt yeah, you. 
we also launched three nukes at Antarctica yeah. <laughs> uh, in 1947, and we never went down there with troops ever again. Right. Oh, and in 2017, the Russians discovered a Nazi, an abandoned Nazi base in Antarctica. Well, the Nazi base, I think, actually got blew up by the UK. I think okay. Britain actually attacked their base. Like really? it was just a fact. There was okay. a, there was bases in Antarctica, sure. and the Antarctic Treaty is really cool because there was a bunch of stuff going on in the history of Antarctica. Yeah, but I think it wasn't until like 1850 that we even got there. Yeah, like somewhere in the it's 1800s, a weird place, we didn't get to Antarctica. Really, it's a weird place. It's a really weird place. All of the world leaders go there. Well, well the, here, here's what's crazy. I don't want to say all the world leaders. We, that gets a little... Right. Makes me sound like I'm a tinfoil hat guy, and I'm wearing one. But, right. <laughs> so, but many world leaders go there, and we don't know what's why. What's the biggest city that uh, Nazis... Uh, the biggest country in South America that housed Nazis after the war? Venezuela? Argentina. Argentina. Argentina is the the place so so the antarctic treaty oh, signed the country in dc that goes to the tip of... well, well it's signed in dc mm-hmm. but the secretariat of the treaty like yeah. where it's managed and yeah. overseen argentina mm. <laughs> i'm pretty sure so adolfo treaty... salengo mm-hmm. the guy who is the argentinian argentine argentinian argentinian he's the representative from argentina Adolfo Salingo. I'm pretty sure he's German. Adolfo Salingo? <laughs> Adolfo Salingo. And this is stuff that I'm totally speculating now. But you, you're right. We basically made a pact with all these world powers who signed this this treaty. And they go, all right, we're all pulling out. Um, we're going to do this in peace, and we're just going to do science things down there. Hmm. And there's going to be no war. He was charged um, for genocide. <laughs> so th- there's just weird things when you start yeah. to uncover the 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 land mass of antarctica especially at short time period it's major interest like major interest it's, it's almost like as soon as this land is discovered every world power wants a piece of it and you can't really even do anything there like you can't there's yeah there's, there's nothing, nothing. You, and, and, you're not allowed to take cruises down there anymore you're not allowed to go yeah. Like that's kind of the thing. Like, if you're a private citizen, like, you're not allowed down there. There's no information on this guy at all. <laughs> like, they say he's a Argent- former Argentine naval officer. Um, <laughs> they said he was born in Argentina in 1946. Maybe this is the wrong guy. What Maybe. year was it? What year did you say it was signed? 1951? So no, he, no, yeah, no, no, no. No, I think he's... I don't, I don't remember Adolfo Salingo, S-C-I-L-I-N-G-O. Maybe. Okay. There's different pronunciations of it. Sure. It might have been spelled a different way. But what's interesting to me, so this is where I come around. And ready? We want to ground everything in reality. Uh-huh. I believe that, so what's interesting, okay, let's go back to March 2020. COVID hits. What does our federal government do? Oh, we release UFO videos. Yeah. And we say, hey, we don't know what these are. Okay. Track with me here. 1949, UFO crates hits uh, America. You can go back and you can look up a timeline as to when UFOs were sighted. And it was like none, maybe like mm-hmm. one or two for the first 40 years of the 1900s. And then all of a sudden, after Operation Paperclip, they're springing up all over the place. Okay. Mm-hmm. We have documents that have shown that the Nazis were working on this kind of tech 
And they said, and I think it was 1953 or 1954, we have released footage where we tried to build these circular discs. But mm-hmm. what's interesting is, is that they were not to the schematics of the Nazis. For example, they had a giant like hovercraft where it was one helicopter blade underneath that would lift this little car and it would only get a couple of feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. But if you looked at what the Nazis were building, it was like six or seven helicopter blades underneath this disc that would lift and then the air that was sucked up was then pushed out the back as propulsion. Mm-hmm. So what I believe is that the government releases these UFO videos to flex on our other countries. I don't think the aliens are real. In terms of extraterrestrial, um, other planets visiting us. I think this is technology that we have. And I've heard from multiple interviews and multiple people that I know that have said that whatever tech that we have available to the public, the government's on like the fourth or fifth generation ahead. Right. We have flying drones with joysticks that kids play with. What does the government have? And and to put that in perspective, one of my favorite scenes is... Uh, Jocko Willink goes over this in a breakdown video on YouTube mm-hmm. about how there's a, a drone, uh, a small man drone, like RC drone, just like mm-hmm. you'd have um, that was used in the movie Act of Valor. And mm-hmm. he was like, these are decades old in comparison now because yeah. th- like no one could fly these things. Yeah. Like, now you can do it off your phone. Like it's, yeah. it's worlds apart. And we're, you're talking like maybe 10 years. Right. So this is why I think going back to Admiral Byrd and Operation High Jump, you have a guy that is telling the public information about um, these these craft that he's saying. It's corroborated by spies. Okay. So what benefit do they have to lie? Right. Three KGB agents. Um, and, and we end up destroying whatever base is down there. Now, mm-hmm. if you made the real conspiracy theorists, they'll tell you Operation High Jump was us attacking lizard people that lived in, <laughs> in Antarctica. And that's not what we're saying. We're trying to base this in some form of reality. That I think that when we witness UFOs, I think that more than likely it is mm-hmm. our government testing, you know, tech, you right. know, that they're doing flights, right? Like a lot of times these UFO sightings happens at night, but... I mean, what do you think? I mean, that, I mean, that's the most plausible to me. Well, so he, here's the thing. If we're going to dive into the realm of aliens. Like Elon oh, Musk doesn't even believe in aliens, dude. No. Well, the thing <laughs> is, uh, some of the, the, here's some of the dumbest quotes, I think, from, uh, fr- from the, the, the realm of aliens. Okay. I hate the statistics one because they're a lot, because they start off the statistics one being like, we know how life began on this earth. So the statistics would be like, Oh, it must like, have happened yeah, somewhere else in the had to happen space. Somewhere else. And the thing yeah. is, no, we don't know how life began. Yeah. <laughs> like, we yeah. have theories. We have theories. We have we faith. We have no hard. Sure. You can't make a thing. Even in human the Christian right faith. Yeah. Even yeah. in the Christian old earth, young earth, macro evolution, micro evolution. Yeah. It's, it's all up in the air. It's nowhere. The other one is that, uh, that like that they they're viewing us and they just have no interest here or something like that. That sounds like a really easy cop out that yeah. has zero grounding in any they're of They're always watching. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like if they're so advanced that they, they might just be studying us, or if they're Why? so advanced they would have just killed us all by now and stuff like that. Yeah. That's based off just assumption. Sure, and it's only based off assumption about what we know about human behavior. Mm. It's not based off any that's assumption a fair of point. any other kind yeah. of society's behavior. Yeah, you know. So 
it, and again, it, this, these encounters weren't happening before the UFO right. craze. Yeah, and and, he, and by the way, the very Nazis that had this tech were the Nazis that inspired science fiction, which then wrote about aliens, which then inspired a public to believe in aliens. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I mean. Oh, I, I and think the aliens just happened to look like us with two arms, mm-hmm. two feet, you know, two legs, uh, two eyes, mm-hmm. nostrils, and a mouth. Oh, and they have right. a big head. Like, they just, you know. The th- only thing that I like is is I do like, I don't understand the complexity of technology that is claimed to exist like by by bob lazar yeah yeah like, so like, bob lazar sorry you want to yeah, explain who bob lazar is i don't know too well bob lazar released information that um he worked not at area 51 but it was an area i think it's called area s17 and it's apparently like he is he is said to have worked on four to seven and I think it's for UFO craft, mm-hmm. meaning there were these disc shaped objects, one of which he said that they found in an archaeological survey, mm-hmm. which is perplexing to me mm-hmm. because it was none of these that he said were, you know, we shot them down out of the sky. Right. They were already here. Right. And if, and he said they dug them up, ready? Mm-hmm. An archaeological survey, South America. Where were the Nazis? South, South America. America. So and, well, the thing that interests me is like the way he talks about it. Cause, cause here's the thing. He's either full of crap or he's telling the truth. Sure. Like that, that's your, your, your two options. And if he's telling the truth, it's just the fact that his observations, people like Bob Lazar and people who have those long form, like, commentary on what they're talking about they're very particular in how they choose the words and for him to describe it the way he does Mm -hmm. it's just his observations he's not saying i know for certain this is alien he's saying i'm a scientist i know how things like this work i could not tell you how it works he's like i don't know what material it's made out of there seems to be elements of it that we can't recreate. Hmm. It's not on the periodic table. It's like, I, like think about it. He goes, I ran the test. Yeah. It's not there. So all the things that we know and the public knows, it doesn't fit into that. Sure. <laughs> and here's my other thing. If he was really telling the information that was uh, against matters of national security, and mm-hmm. he's been doing it for 20 years, maybe he would disappear. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like, if he's genuinely sharing information that well, the is... the problem with that was it would almost make him more credible. Sure. <laughs> so. but, I mean, don't you think that they would nip it in the bud at the very beginning? When he's going... Like, he? oh, he shows Hopefully. up to one conference at a at a strip mall. Well, well and, he, here's kind of the problem with conspiracy theories. The conspiracy theory problem is the fact that no matter how true it might be, uh, if it sounds crazy, most yeah. of the public. Well, we're the it. ones wearing tinfoil hats. Right. In, in a room <laughs> yeah, here I am calling everyone else crazy. Right. Yeah. So you know, but this is the thing that I would warn people when they go down the path of mm-hmm. looking into UFOs and aliens is, and this is really disheartening from a Christian's perspective. And where I would actually, you know, getting serious is that I think it's borderline demonic. Is that all of the. Um, Ancient astronaut theorists is what they're called on the History mm-hmm. Channel, but all the people who are obsessed with aliens, it always leads to taking psychedelics and transcendental meditation. Right, right. What do we know from pagan rituals? Right. You took psychedelics <laughs> and you tra- did transcendental meditation to encounter deities. These people that are having these alien-like encounters all, ha- do. <laughs> all do the same thing that's been happening in, in, in history, that we can read ancient Near Eastern literature. We can read Sumerian texts. We can read all the things that were happening mm-hmm. around the Jews during the Old Testament are now 
saying that you're communicating with aliens. Like that's the thing that I love Joe Rogan's like podcast and everything. But when he talks about doing psychedelics, I'm like, bro, like open your eyes, dude. Like you're mm-hmm. not doing anything new. Like <laughs> yeah. this is actually one of the most ancient things that you are doing. And it doesn't mean it's good. You right. know, like God is very clear in his word. He says, pay, he says, um, pay no attention to the sun, moon, or stars for I, the Lord have made them. He also said, be of sober mind. He also says, don't do anything that the pagans are doing. <laughs> and, and I, and I think that as a Christian, you can like look at these conspiracy theories and have fun, but in the same breath, recognize that I think that they can go too far. Mm-hmm. And I think what, you know, what you and I are doing is like, I think that there's a rational explanation. Right. And, and I mean, we're, we're having fun with it to, to, yeah, but these are also most. an insight into like some pretty serious conversations we've had. Right. And, and, and I think for, for me, I'm, I'm always going to try to ground it in as much reality as I can find. Yeah. Um, and that's where I want to stay. And, and I'm going to compare it to the Bible Yeah. in a sense, because I'd like to do my Bible study like this. The Bible study goes, I'm not going to make the Bible say anything. It doesn't say, mm-hmm. I want to be true to it and mm-hmm. what's real. So I can't make the Bible make arguments for me that it's yeah. not going to make for itself. And that's what I want to do for these these conspiracy theories too, because for one conspiracy theories are only conspiracy theories yeah. until they're proven to be true. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of like the Hitler thing. If you go Hitler, we don't know if Hitler died or maybe one that's a little <laughs> closer. Um, <clears throat> lab leak theory. Yeah. Lab Ooh. leak theory, things like that. That was a conspiracy like, theory. Now it's credible. It's as credible a, because as an idea, certain, right? Because and, it fits a narrative now. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah. And you could have found that stuff out two years ago if you just looked at the evidence. Yeah. You know? But you were a conspiracy theory. And by the way, you would have been kicked off social media if you would have shared that. Right. Yeah. So, hmm, seems like there's a narrative right. that's trying to be spawned here. And, and, and the cool thing is, no matter how crazy you sound, if you've done your homework, you can have confidence in what you're doing. I mean, I, I have confidence that I don't know about the feral people. But confidence like, I don't know about the flying saucers. But like, let's <laughs> but, take it. Let's take it another step further. You, you're sharing the gospel with somebody that has mm-hmm. no understanding of, you know, for example, New Testament documents that mm-hmm. we have sixteen thousand confirmed to right. thirty thousand. Meaning there's about fifteen or you know fourteen thousand contested scripts mm-hmm. on papyrus and manuscripts. So you have anywhere from sixteen thousand to thirty thousand pieces of paper throughout mm-hmm. history that are copies of the New Testament. And let's, for example, talk about Homer's Iliad, where you have 16, or the Roman um, Julius Caesar, the Wars of Julius Caesar, you have seven copies of manuscripts. But those are, those are counted, especially, especially uh, the Wars of Julius Caesar, that's counted as historical fact. Right. You know, but then you share that with somebody and they go, what, you're out of your mind. And then you actually show them papyrus, you know, you mm-hmm. show them Codex Vaticanus, you show them all of these things that mm-hmm. show these manuscripts. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, and I'm not comparing apologetics to conspiracy theories, but I'm trying to say that. Well, apologetics is just a defense of your faith. And right. You start by defending your faith by knowing what's true, and you know what's true by studying well. Right. And you can study things that are happening in the world and problems in the world well. Yeah. And that's and, where we should try to be, you know. So when you go to the national park the next time, are you going to be looking out for a, 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 a feral Hitler aliens? <laughs> Feral Hitler aliens. Yeah. If Hitler's out there, he's so dead, bro. So if, dead. If he's and if he's out there, I I don't want to meet him. But not if only feral is he so dead, out there, I don't want to meet. Is, him. This is where the show bothers me. It's like we're hunting for Hitler. Oh, are you just hoping 
that you know you're going to stumble upon him so in Argentina. Court, like what? Well, not only that, like you're going to find old man Hitler on your TV show, he's and like ninety five, and he's not going to be surrounded by bodyguards that are going to shoot you. Like, right. like you're telling me that Hitler, Adolf Hitler, if he, if he was still alive, which by the way he would be over a hundred at this point, he's he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> if he was alive when you were filming the show, that he wasn't still charismatic enough to keep have people keep him safe right like, come on like let's be start the show off with we're not going to find hitler but let's look for evidence that he escaped right. well, that, like, well that's basically what the third season was the third season was like see, the, 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 you, just, you just proved my point the third season <laughs> <Right>. the first <laughs> two seasons they were like oh yeah hitler's a 99 year old man he's still out there it's like no <laughs> i don't know how many nine year old 99 year olds you met but if they're living in argentina they're not they're, you know i don't know what his living condition is like right but if someone found out that he was Adolf Hitler, he's done for. Right. But that show's fascinating because it actually proves that tons of German officers and generals and, you know, administrators totally escaped and lived completely different lives. And there's testimony. There was one episode where there was testimony of one of the guy's kids. He moved, he married an Argentine, Argentinian woman, had a kid and the kid comes on. He's an old, he's an older man now. And he talks about like his father, was blonde haired, blue eyed and like spoke Spanish, but like he was never allowed to ask him about his past. Uh-huh. And it's like, and then like the guy was like, and then I found this box and he opens it. It's like a, it's a Nazi flag. And you're like, Whoa, right. like it's like there, Dad's you know, a Nazi. my dad was a Nazi. Yeah. That would have, that was the title of like a biography. <laughs> I bet it's out there. <laughs> it's gotta be at this point. Right. It's gotta be. Mm-hmm. Well, man. Well, is there anything, any more things you want to add? I think we just need to leave our audience with a good pointer. Just don't trust your government. <laughs> they're, they're hiding the feral people. They, they hit but isn't it so Hitler. sad that like when you said that, it's like part of me was like I, I like I want to say like trust your government, but it's like you know what I was listening. Every, Oliver Stone's podcast with Joe Rogan. Oliver Stone is the director for JFK. Mm. He pointed out that after 1945, the military industrial complex, which uplifted us out of a depression right because it created jobs with building tanks and machinery Uh and weapons like it it served its purpose but the national intelligence agencies and our government the military industrial complex is the driving force and that's what i don't trust but also Mm -hmm. there's a lot of incompetence in our in our government you know like but also i would say that i want to trust like because you know i'm a patriot i love my country but it's sad that i'm sitting here saying like yeah like we shouldn't trust our government like we trust our Bible. <laughs> well, yeah, you shouldn't trust it. I'd say and you, I'm a conservative. you can't trust them just because of your own experience. If you sure. had a friend who kept lying to you, yeah, then you wouldn't trust them anymore. Or just watch the movie JFK <laughs> and your trust in the government will be ruined forever. Have right. you watched if JFK? If there's someone out there, no, I haven't. Oh, my but, gosh. But if, there, if there's people out there who go, well, the government never lies to me. You're just wrong. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. the tooth fairy's real. Like you yeah, know, yeah. You're, you're oh. just wrong. Your parents lied to you. Your government lies to you. If you're I a promise. kid and you're listening to this, the tooth fairy's real, and your government loves you. Yeah. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> yeah. I think the whole purpose of this is just that we could have fun and talk about these things, but mm-hmm. also shed some light. And I don't even. I don't want to say shed some light because, like, I was talking to somebody and I said, "Well, you know, I'm a closet conspiracy theorist." They said, yeah. "Seth, you're not in the closet about your conspiracies." No, you're not. And. And, and point, none of these are going to yeah. affect our audience. Like, this does not have to, like, affect your day. I think it should. No, I'm just 
And then I if think you're, that's why you're, if saying you're about to go to Gatlinburg to. on a family trip, I'm don't sorry. Don't go wandering about in the woods don't unless you can navigate in the woods, in the woods and, and protect yourself. And <laughs> if you see Billy Bob standing in the corner, you walk know, away. Run. <laughs> Keep your eyes on him. But Bring walk a whistle. Away. Maybe a gun. Not a whistle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, Heath, I've wanted to do this with you for a couple of weeks, and then you battled COVID. You didn't get it, and then I apparently got it. And so now I'm glad that we... Um, we were able to finally do this. Oh yeah. Getting it in the books, getting it in the books, man. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that this uh, podcast has been a blessing to you. Uh, maybe not this one, but maybe the other ones. <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not an insult to Heath, but more or less it is a, it's probably some self deprecating humor that I, you know, it is what it is. I hope that the overall, message of the podcast is encouraging we just want you to enjoy life and enjoy the creator through the creation as as martin luther would suggest that we do and so uh, i hope that you are blessed and i will see you next week